0: Hello and welcome to the CircuitPython Python community meeting for Monday, May fourth, twenty twenty. This is a weekly meeting we have to get the Circuit Python community together and hear about all the things that everyone's doing. Uh, everyone is welcome to join. You can join by going to joining the Adafruit Discord server. Uh, you can do that by going to the URL adafruit. slash discord. Uh, That will drop you in. We're in the text channel all week, and we're in the voice channel on Mondays when we have this meeting. Uh, This meeting is normally at uh, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Discord and the voice channel. Um, If it's a U.S. holiday, we tend to push it back a week. So we do have a calendar available in the notes repo that you could subscribe to to know uh, ahead of time when we do push it to a different day. We do also try to notify the role CircuitPythonistas on Discord, so if you want to get notified of that, let us know, and you'll get pinged when we push notes documents and uh, when we announce if the meetings are at a different time. Um, That'll also make your name purple, which is cool. Um, This meeting, uh, like I said, everyone is welcome to join. It's done in five parts. We start with a... uh, Community news section, which is a preview of the uh, newsletter that is released on Tuesday mornings. It's got kind of an overview of projects and, and announcements that are related to CircuitPython that we've seen kind of around the web. And Anne deserves all of the credit for that, uh, finding all that stuff. <clears throat> After community news, we have state of CircuitPython libraries in Blinka, which is uh, a, a general kind of overview and statistics view of the health of the project and its many pieces. Uh, so we'll go over that, and it'll it'll be kind of a numbers game, but uh, it's interesting to see how those numbers evolve, and also consider what numbers are important to us. In particular, we like to highlight like how many people are involved. So that's the second section. The third section we do is hug reports, which is a, a chance for us each of us to say thank you to folks for the work that they've been doing. Uh, since we've had a last uh, a chance to do it um, previously, it's both good for um, basically giving people the credit and the thanks that they that they deserve, but also as a way for us to know uh, or uh, reinforce the things that we value as a community to get together. And that's done as a round robin where I will start and then we'll count or I will uh, kind of call on people in the voice channel in alphabetical order. Um, if you're unable to make the meeting or don't choose to speak during the meeting, um, you can m- mark Yourself or let us know that you're lurking and we'll skip over you or text only. Uh, if you have notes in the doc, I'll, I will read those off uh, in your place. And uh, I should also say that the meeting is being recorded. So I'm recording it using uh, the Open Broadcast Studio and it does get posted to the Adafruit YouTube channel as well, which is youtube.com Adafruit. So if you want to hear our back catalog, we started this in 2017, I think. Which is kind of wild, um, but it's uh, you can check it out and see how things are evolving since then, uh, if you're curious. So the, the fourth section we have is status updates, and this is done as a round robin as well. But this is just a chance for us to say uh, a brief you know, minute or two about what you've been working on and what you're planning on doing in the coming week. Uh, it's a great way to give tips and tricks if somebody's starting to work on something that you've maybe looked into before. It's a good chance to say like, oh, hey, make sure you look at this or that. Uh, and Katney confirms it was 2017 when we started, which is amazing. Um, it's it's just been going so well, which is great. Uh, so that's status updates done as a round robin. Uh, again, let us know if you're lurking. And if you're just text only, please make sure you're your text notes are in the doc. Otherwise, I'll just treat you as lurking. Uh, after that, uh, we had the final section, which is in the weeds, which is a chance to have any sort of longer form discussions or questions, pose questions to folks within our community. Um, we have two topics already, uh, but we're, we're totally happy to have more topics. Uh, if you have topics, please drop them in the notes doc, uh, in the, in the weeds section with your username and kind of a summary of what you want to talk about. And then we'll just basically call on you to talk about, uh, uh, what you're, or to talk about the topic you want to talk about. (laughs) I think I said top talk a lot there. Uh, anyway, uh, that's, that's how the meeting goes, uh, and I will move on to the next section. Oh, I should lastly say that if I have a brain fart, it's because I'm taking time codes. When we post the recording, we include the note stock along with time codes so that people can skip around in the video to the portions that they are interested in. And with that, I'll take a time code and realize that my intro was really long and uh, get going. So, First off, uh, the hack chat this week on Wednesday at noon Pacific is with Lamore and I. We're talking about the ESP32s2, which is an exciting e- chip from Espressif. Uh I've been, as you may have seen, I've been streaming about getting that on uh, getting CircuitPython Python on the S2. So uh, that will happen Wednesday at noon. We'd love for you to drop in and uh, that Hackaday.io IO event is a way to get into the like project chat there. Next up, uh, timecode uh, five point three point zero was released. Thanks to Jeff, so um, check that out. And uh, oh yeah, it's the wrong link. Uh, you, I pulled the link from, um, I pulled the link from the the draft newsletter. So go, please change it there so that it gets updated. Um, yeah, 5.3 is stable, which is awesome. Uh, we've been really cooking on get, keeping ourselves stable, which is a really good thing. So thanks to Jeff for that. Um, Geek guy, if you're have, having trouble putting your notes in the notes doc, uh, feel free to just put them in the chat and uh, we'll copy them there for you. That's not a problem. Okay. Uh, Next up for community news, we have uh, an NQTT-based CircuitPython library for Azure IoT. I think this was a collaboration between Jim Bennett and Brent, so thanks to those two folks for that. Um, really nice to see uh, Microsoft embracing CircuitPython as a way to integrate with their stuff, so that's super cool. And in the IoT vein, um, the IoT monthly newsletter was released on the 1st, so check out... Uh, the link there, and thanks to Jeff for posting all the links. I really appreciate it. Um, check that out if you want to know everything that's going on with IoT and Adafruit. Uh, next, we have um, the Melbourne MicroPython Meetup is usually a um, is usually an in person meetup in Melbourne, Australia, where uh, Damien goes and some of the cl- folks closest to Damien. It's always really interesting. Uh, it's run by Matt, Matt Trentini, who does a really good kind of news roundup of like all the new boards and what's happening in CircuitPython and stuff for that group there, uh, which is really neat. And I love watching the videos from the real thing. Uh, but because of COVID-19, they're now virtual. And so Matt did a news roundup that is almost an hour long, but has lots of different interesting things in it. So I recommend um, checking that out. Uh, and there is a shout out to both Adafruit and myself in there. So I'm, maybe I'm a little biased. Uh, the, the quote says, uh, this issue has a shout out to Adafruit and Scott on CircuitPython, it's quote, especially loving the inspiring way that you folks are running the business in such a difficult time. Stay safe and keep up the amazing work. Uh, so give that a view, make sure to thumbs up. And I'd suggest subscribing to Matt's uh, YouTube channel and, and taking a look back. It's always a great way to get a pulse on things there. Okay, uh, MIT CSAIL uh, posts that Springer just made 400 plus textbooks free to download including CS books on Python, deep learning, data science, and AI. It's great timing. So if you're looking for some programming books in general or Python specific, uh, check out the links there. Next up, I believe this is from Jason. The Evo M51 module is a feather-sized board featuring both the microchip SAMD51 microcontroller and a MAX10 FPGA, which I believe is an Intel chip. Um, the board is designed to support CircuitPython and is also programmable with the Arduino IDE. Uh, there's links to both the YouTube channel about it and the Elorium technology page for it. Um, okay. More updates for uh, Adafruit has always been an open source hardware company, predating the Open Source Hardware Association cert- certification process. And now that we have a bunch more time and the, the power of uh, Dylan, our intern, we've begun submitting all of the hardware to Oshawa for certification as open source. And uh, the newsletter will continue, to, will include highlights for the new boards that have been officially certified as open source and uh, we're certainly uh, the top company for open source hardware that has been certified at this point which is exciting along with i believe a pretty significant backlog uh, which is exciting to see adafruit throw their weight behind that certification process and thanks for dylan and katney for for running that um and lastly a reminder Um, CircuitPython is sponsored by Adafruit Industries Which continues to run with 100% of employees being paid and continuing to work I'm a contractor as well So uh, all of us on CircuitPython are actually contractors And we're still being uh, paid as well Which is great Um, The employees in Manhattan are mostly working remote But they do have a few folks inside or, or at HQ who are doing PPE related stuff So thanks to those folks for uh, getting out and doing things to support the uh, fight against COVID-19, particularly within New York, uh, which has been ri- hit really hard. If you want to support Adafruit, um, we suggest buying uh, Adafruit products through DigiKey. Uh, they're still shipping stuff. I got an order a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's come comes nice and quick. So if you want to support us, that's one way to do it. The other way is by buying gift certificates, which never expire, or um, subscribing to Adafruit IO, which is a nice, uh, privacy privacy friendly uh, IoT service. Okay, and with that, let's move on to the state of CircuitPython libraries and Blinka. Uh, as I said earlier, this is kind of a statistical, hopefully objective overview of the health of the project. Uh, I'll talk overall, and then the core, and then hand it off to Catney for the libraries. Overall, uh, twenty-three poll requests merged from sixteen different authors, um, which is awesome. We had eleven reviewers as well. So, new authors that I re- don't recognize are of Bear, uh, Foamy Guy, Dunkman 0 I think I talked about Joe Baccalore, Jim Bob Bennett is relatively new. Geek Guy, SP Cool, Katney Effect. So uh, those last two are not new, but uh, they're on here as well. And eleven reviewers, new reviewers. Uh, Foamy guy, I think is relatively new, but most of those folks are normal as well. So thank you to all of our authors and reviewers. Again, we're always looking for reviewers because they are the people that uh, allow authors to get their their code checked in. So if you want to help out with that, please let us know, and we'll we'll get you going. Um, I think we do need to loosen the statistics notion of what a reviewer is it, to probably include all comments on a PR rather than the official reviewers, uh, because that is the great way to start, is find a PR and just comment it on and say, hey, it works for me. I tried it. Um, Issues-wise, we had 39 closed issues by 13 people and 13 opened by 13 people, so we're net down 26 issues, which is awesome. And I think Katney will have more info on that because I think it's largely due to her. Uh, overall, um, 5.3 is stable, and I th- expect 5.3 to be kind of our stable release for a little while. A uh, Lower power was checked in to master, which should will likely make it a bit more unstable. So expect to see an unstable release for 5.4 this week and uh, potentially multiple unstable releases or pre-releases before that goes stable as well. On the library side, Catney's uh, been doing a lot of housekeeping, uh, which is awesome because those are the things that, like, back catalog on issues and pending PRs is a great way to take a look at a, uh, an open source project and understand the health of the project. The obviously, lower numbers are better, assuming that you're you know processing things coming in as well. Um, so, yeah, kudos to Katni for, for keeping uh, all of those repos uh, healthy and up-to-date. On the Blinka side, we continue to, I just continue to see lots of people using Blinka, so uh, lots of good things there, and we'll hear more from Melissa shortly. Okay, on the core side, uh, we had six pull requests merged from five different authors and five reviewers. So thanks to those folks, Uh, new folks Joe Bakler and SP Cool, uh, our new authors. Uh, We have 17 open pull requests. Is one one of the larger things, but the vast majority of the pull requests are open just a few days, like under a week, which is great. I think this, in general, we're seeing more people involved as as some folks have more time. Uh, Nobody's commuting at this point, so that gives everybody a bit more time back. Issues-wise, we had four closed issues by four people and four opened by four people for a net of zero uh, new issues uh, with a total of 284 open issues with a link in the notes. Um, we have six active milestones and 15 issues are not uh, assigned a milestone, so uh, we one of us should take a look at those just to... You We use kind of like not assigned a milestone as a, as a metric for things that we haven't really looked at. So we should probably get that number down. Uh, and with that, let's kick it over to Katni for libraries.
1: Thanks, Scott. Mm-hmm. So this week, we had 15 pull requests merged by 11 authors and nine reviewers, and the oldest Uh, were 81 days 80 days and 68 days and the youngest were 0 to 1 days which is good Um, leaving us with 26 open pull requests which is great that number seems to be going down which is ideal that's amazing Um, obviously yeah (laughs) there are um, new ones being opened but um, we've been putting a lot of effort into trying to get through what has been sitting around um, there were 29 issues closed by 9 people and 7 open by 7 people, leaving 157 open issues. All of this information is available on circuitpython.org contributing. And if you are interested in contributing, you should definitely check out that link. Um, there are uh, three sections there. One is library infrastructure issues, which shows you general stuff going on with um, library standards and ensuring that all the libraries are up to standards. There are open issues, which displays all of the open issues across all the libraries in one place, and open PRs, which is the same thing except with PRs. And uh, there are ways to sort by label of the issues. So if you are new to things and you want to get started, you can search for good first issue and possibly find something that works for you. Um, In terms of library updates, we had one new library, the BLE BerryMed Pulse Oximeter Library and a number of updated libraries, uh, which I will not read off, though the list is not uh, crazy this week. Um, One exciting one is uh, PyPixelBuff, which we have been waiting on for a very long time. Um, So it's very good to see that that finally is released. And I know that um, we can talk about that uh, during status updates, Um, but that was a good one. Exciting to see that. And that's where we are with the libraries.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Next up, we have Melissa for Blinka update.
2: Hello. So for Blinka, which is our CircuitPython library compatibility layer for single board computers, such as the Raspberry Pi, we had two pull requests merged by one author and two reviewers. Uh, there was one open. There's one open pull request, which is actually zero because I just um, <laughs> merged it about ten minutes ago. Uh, and there are six closed issues by two people and two open by two people, leaving a net total of twenty-seven open issues. And there have been two thousand one hundred seventy-four PyPI downloads in the last week. And we are currently supporting forty-six sports, so we're almost to fifty on that
0: nice yeah people are using it though that yeah
2: yeah i have another one to add here like uh this week probably
0: great awesome thanks melissa all right next up next up we have hug reports hug reports as i said earlier is a chance for you to say thank you for folks uh for the work that they've been doing uh you know this is a community and a in a community meeting and it's Important that uh, there's so many of us and we all have different perspectives on it. So, this is, we do this as a round robin, so everyone has a chance to say uh, thank you from their different perspective. And hopefully, you know, everyone who's done something awesome does get a hub report or two. And uh, again, if you're lurking or text only, please make sure that the notes doc says so uh, because I'll be going through here. And uh, if you're not able to make the meeting at all, you're always welcome to uh, drop them in the notes stock as well, and I'll read them off. So I'll just go alphabetically and and start with myself. Okay. Uh, First and foremost, I wanted to say uh, thank you to Zobs for leading the way on the NRF 52 833, uh, which, for those of you who don't know, is a basically cut down version of the 840 i um, happy to see a PR for the dev kit and uh, also looks like the USB troubles were solved as well, which is great. Um, shout out to Paul from PJRC for getting me a beta teensy 4.1. Um, I was chatting with him and we'll do a board def for CircuitPython in a bit uh, soon. It's still kind of in the beta phase where he doesn't want to talk too much about it. Uh, but we should see that uh, supported in CircuitPython kind of right as it becomes available, which is neat. Um, hug report to Warrior of Wire for starting to add native rectangles to display IO. And I believe that it's actually been expanded to more native shapes, which will be really cool um, and should be better for memory. So thanks to them for taking that on. Um, thanks to TAC, uh, who does tiny USB and lots of Arduino stuff for us at Adafruit. Helping fix the Samd21 USB issue in lower power in the lower power lower power PR that I was doing last week uh, is really kind of a doozy, and he had a good solution for it, so that was awesome. Uh, thanks to LearnWeaver for starting to do count IO, which basically counts edges of a of a signal, which is neat. Um, thanks to Dan uh, primarily for sticking with me on the lower power reviews. I know it went back and forth and back and forth and. Dan was testing it and finding it wasn't working, so I appreciate uh, the persistence on that side. And then, lastly, a huge, huge, huge thank you to Roy Hooper for p- Pixel Um It's been a long time coming, but the general idea was to, uh, and the general idea is to is to speed up uh, like both dot .stars and Neopixel manipulation by putting the core bits in C, and that's what became PixelBuff. It's been a long time coming. It's kind of officially been released. We updated the NeoPixel library last week and uh, also a hug report related to that for Dunkman 00 for taking that work on and really pushing it to completion and and bugging us about it because they had tried it and really realized how much of a a benefit it was for everyone. So I appreciate that that they picked it up and and finished it. So thanks to those two folks for really um, making the NeoPixel experience better. Um, And that doesn't necessarily require a CircuitPython update at all, um, except for those that have the NeoPixel library frozen in. Okay, Uh, and now I'm gonna go to TG Techie who's not present due to finals. So TG Techie wrote, um, hug report to the community for being an awesome place to hang out and learn and for lowering the the bar for all incoming makers. Hug report to Jerry N for porting out an error Hug report to Dan H and SummerSoft for answering questions about the inner workings of CircuitPython at ungoshly hours of the night, and a retroactive hug to Tanu and Maker Melissa for all their display work. Okay, next up we have notes from V923Z. So hugs. Uh, they say hug report to Jeff Epler for his valiant efforts with my PR to the Adafruit Learn guide learning guide. Hug reports to Effect for digging out the MicroPython PRs for a discussion on user modules. And Hug to 95Fox, and H for suggesting the inclusion of interp method in Microlab. All right, now we're going to circle back to the top. And let me just double check against here. So Anik, Data, and Ann are lurking. So we'll go to Brent. Hello.
3: Um, Hub report to Katni for hosting show and tell. It was really funny when she got to Roy and like turned around. <laughs> um, uh, to Sean Cross Zobs for doing cryptography functions for Circuit Python. It's really useful. A lot of the libraries um, I've worked on and written use like pure Python implementations, and it's going to be really fast uh, once this is set in Circuit Python. And I can't wait to refactor code. Um, Scott for continued work on low power modes. And for ESP 32 S S2 work, I can't wait for that. Um, and to Jim Bennett at Microsoft for making the circuit Python, Azure IOT library more robust. Uh, it's pretty feature complete and adding helper libraries like parse and HMAC to the community bundle, which we definitely needed. I have a HMAC implementation in a guide, but now we have libraries for that. So thank you. Great.
0: Awesome. Thanks Brent. All right. Carter is lurking. So we'll go to Charles. Are you around today, Charles?
4: Yes, I am. Here All I right. come. I hear you. Well, this week I'm still working on that keyboard. I've got I've got no basic work function, but I've I still haven't conquered the. Uh, I still ha- have to conquer. I'm still working on conquering that, and I appreciate a bit of help from so several pe- several people in other parts of the uh, project. Hmm. Um.
0: This is hug no. reports.
4: Oh, I'm and then I'm in the wrong section. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No worries. I missed uh, a general hug report to everybody this week because I really don't have any specifics yet right now.
0: No worries. Thanks, okay. Charles. Let me. Thanks, Charles. All right, let's go to Dan.
5: Okay. So um, thank you, Katney, for um, going through all the library issues and deciding what to do with them and following up on them it's really important and great. Um, thanks to TAC for fixing that tiny USB issue that Scott mentioned in like eight hour in, in an eight hour shift kind of like overnight uh, which was really great. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be really hard and he fixed it really fast. Uh, thanks to Scott for finishing lower power so that we can merge it in. it's all done. that's great um, you know it's done it achieved its goals. Um, and thanks to Zobs for the NRF 528-33 work and other work related to NRF, which is sort of doing the right thing for the NRF 4 and making us think about updating the soft device and how we going what the strategies for that are and things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, Dan. All right. Dave P is lurking and David Gloud is text only. So I'll read those off. David says, a uh, hug report to Birdie B for the commander board and the USB t- USB power switch 2 on the 8086.net. Hug report to Stargirl in advance for the USB host Feather and double hug if this can be done with a Feather M0 Express just by cutting a few pins. And lastly, a hug report to Kevin Walters for the great clue sensor plotter learn guide. Next up, we have text from Foamy Guy. Uh, who says, group hug. A belated hug to Deshipu for work on the Pew, Pew and Microgame RGB color fix. And lastly, a hug report to Jerry N for work on the RFM 9X LoRa library. Geek Guy is text only as well, so I'll read those off after I take a timecode. Geek Guy has a hug report for Tan Newt for his work on the lower power and the ESP32S2 stuff. A uh, hug report to Katney for her amazing work behind the scenes. Hug report to maker Melissa for her work on Blinkit and a hug report to Jerry and for his work on the RFM69 and the RFM9X libraries. And now we go to higher Effect.
6: Hey, so um, hugs this week to. Oh, sh- I I. Um. Uh, Thank you to Mark for his great stm 32 PRs this week, Um, to Arturo for his uh, review of my IMX PR, just as I get started on those. Um, And also to Arturo, again, uh, I want to give him a belated thank you for um, having a chat with me about his experience in uh, creating the Serpente board, uh, which is a, a tiny custom board on CircuitPython. Um I, I've recently been diving down the hole of trying to create my own hardware project with a, a friend and uh, going about launching that, and he gave uh, gave us some really great tips, and uh, it was really awesome to hear about his experiences, Q Arturo, hmm. uh, his PR reviews, and a uh, group hug to everyone for just being a really great, respectful community that can... Um, I saw a lot of really nice um, discussions this week. Uh, that, and I'm just grateful to be in a community that where people can, you know, uh, kind of voice up concerns or, or uh, have divergent ideas and that we can still handle that in a really respectful way. And, and you know, <laughs> it's just worth reminding that sometimes sometimes there are communities that, that don't do that. And it's All really right. great to be in a community that does. Yeah, that's it for me. Sweet.
0: Thanks, HireEffect. All right. Next up, we have Jeppler.
7: Well, first of all, I want to hug Report Catney for hosting her first show and tell and for inviting me to be on. And A big hug to Crayola. I know that the um, NeoPixel stuff took a long time. I got an early sample of it a couple of months ago when I just bypassed the NeoPixel library altogether to use the pixel buff, and uh, you know, it doubled the speed of my code, and it's great that everybody is going to benefit from that now. Uh, congratulations, Scott, and a big hug for landing the low-power patches. That is really exciting, um, and to hire a fact in advance, uh, you heard it here first, maybe. Uh, you get to add the other STM microcontrollers that's to good. RGB matrix. I'm happy to uh, help you out uh, through my understanding of the code and through what I've written in CircuitPython, so uh, I'm around, just please ask, and that's what I've got. Oh, wait, no, I've got two more. There's a page break. (laughs) Uh, Thank you to Zoltan, uh, V923Z. When I wrote the Microlab Guide, um, I missed or overlooked that there was a direct way of computing the standard deviation. and So I said, oh, look, CircuitPython with Microlab is 10 times faster. No, really, it's 40 times faster. So uh, he made a little amendment to the guide code, and then there was this whole odyssey of first there's PyLint, but then after that, the builds were still failing for no reason. And I had to spend some time on the weekend um, with um, just getting the Travis to work. And I wanted to thank him for uh, you know, just doing it in the first place. And I was happy to figure out what tra- what was going on with Travis and give it a kick. And happy we could get that in. And finally, Group Hug. Um, like Her Effect says, it's a it's a great community, and it stands in contrast to some of the other ones out there on the internet. And, it, yeah, you guys are great.
0: Awesome, thanks, Jeff. All right, next up we have Jerry.
8: Hello, and uh, yeah, I think uh, anytime somebody has an opportunity to kick Travis, go go for it. Um,
0: <laughs> it's no longer Travis, uh, mostly though.
8: <laughs> <laughs> um, a uh, report to a foamy guy for uh for. His- testing of the uh, RFM9XPR and for going out and getting boards and giving it a thorough uh, run. I appreciate that. And a group hug to the community. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Jerry. And I should note that Travis is a computer system, not a real person. <laughs> We're not kicking people here. All right. Let's go to Katni.
1: No, just AIs. Um... So I want to give a hug report to Roy for the effort work that went into pixel buff. Uh, It started just over two years ago at PyCon, and an amazing amount of effort has gone into getting it to this point where we were able to release it. Uh, I looked at the days. It's almost um, just in a couple weeks, it'll be two years to the day. Um, And here we are. Now we have it. Now we have super fast rainbows, which was the whole reason that it started. (laughs) Um, I want to give a hug report to John Park, Maker Melissa, Jeff Epler, and Roy for dropping by my first show and tell. I didn't expect en- to have anyone show up and ended up with the four of you, and I even had one community member, so things went uh, really well. Um, to hug report to Guy for taking on whatever comes his way. Um, every time I'm finding an issue I think uh, is about at his ability level, I ask if he's up for it, and he always is. Um, so that's Always great because there's a lot of things that uh, would probably languish that are now getting done, and that's excellent. And a continued group hug to the community for remaining positive and supportive through everything that's happening and being amazing to all the new folks joining us, as a lot more people have a lot of time. Uh, we've seen a huge influx of new members, and everyone is getting an amazing experience, and it's just really great to see. And that's what I have.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Katney. All right, King of North is lurking, so we'll go to maker Melissa.
1: Hello.
2: So I wanted to give a hug to Katni for the show and tell on Thursday or for hosting it. And a hug to Geek Guy for your dedication to the segmented displays. And a group hug to everyone else.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Melissa. Okay, Man, yeah. Man Elms 2000 is lurking. Welcome. We'll love to see new folks join in. And speaking of new folks, we have text from Mark Olson. Who says, uh, May the fourth be with you. A <laughs> uh, hug report to Higher Effect for adding this uh, STM32 uh, readme and make flash and 2819. And a hug report to Emma, Mark's wife, for letting him spend all week coding on CircuitPython. All right. Welcome, Mark, as well. Uh, Mr. Certainly is lurking, so we'll go to SummerSoft.
9: Hello, fourth, be with you all. Mm -hmm. Um, I uh, I was in a deep hole of debug all week, so I just have a group hug this week. I'm mostly absent now.
0: No worries. Thanks for joining in. Always nice to hear your voice. Next up, we have Stargirl is text only. And she says, hug report to Dan for helping me understand Spy and the hug report to the usb hackers discord for helping me figure out usb hosts. awesome thank you star girl and next up or that is the end of hug reports next up we have another round robin for status updates uh, this is a chance to talk briefly about what you've been working on and what you plan on working on in the coming week again it's a great way to just get a feel for what is all going on what is going on across the wide world of CircuitPython. Um, yep. uh, so I'll start and then we'll go to Katni because she's got to head out. So for me... Um, first, uh, lower, lower power is checked in. I want to release a beta this week um, so more people can try it. <laughs> I wrote these notes yesterday and so my notion of this and next were different. Um, we'll likely want to optimize background calls before releasing this as stable because they currently will make performance worse. And then, uh, probably starting tomorrow, I've got like email and reviews to do later today, but um, looking forward to having an ESP32S2 week. Uh, it's only been like the end of the week that I've been able to do stuff because I was always finishing lower power at the start of the week. Um, I have one more linker error that. Uh, is really confusing. So if anybody's ever seen a warning pthread set cancel state is not implemented and will always fail sort of message, uh, please let me know because I've not actually seen this as a, a thing from a linker. So I'll start poking that at that tomorrow. Um, but basically once it links uh, I'll be able to try to run it. I don't expect it to work, but I'll be able to like start making progress on getting it working. Um On Wednesday, uh, we have the ESP32-S2 hack chat, uh, so please tune into that and uh, prep some questions for what you want to see there. Uh, I wrote the notes last night and said, um, I may take a peek at the 833 to see if I can't spot the USB issue, but it turns out overnight they figured out the USB issue, so I I won't actually need to do that. And I plan on streaming Friday again. Basically, I think as I'm doing this this ESP32-S2 stuff, uh, I'll do Friday streams as kind of a check-in and do some work So um, if you want to kind of keep tabs on where the ESP32 S2 stuff is I recommend joining my stream And Stargirl offers to tweet about this error And so I think I'll take you up on that uh, after the meeting And I want to bug um, Ivan from Espressive as well He's been super helpful So uh, I will do that And uh, okay, let's go to Catney.
1: Hello. So Hello. my status update is relatively short, um, mostly because I've been doing the same thing for a while. Um, still continuing the GitHub issue sweep across all the libraries. Uh, I've gotten through everything. However, um, the first time I went through um, set some aside that I want to do something with um, didn't actually put labels on all of them, and I'm trying to do that. So. Um, what I did get done is involved. I fixed a number of issues, closed many of them that are no longer a problem, poked the original authors for input or resolution, and added a few labels. Um, last week, also did the newsletter video. I hosted JP's Show & Tell on Thursday. And um, I'm sure there were more things I did, but I don't remember them. Mm-hmm. So this week, I'm going back through the GitHub issue list to add as many labels to the rest of them as possible and catch anything I missed. Um, I already found a couple that. Uh, can have more done with them than I did, so it's good that I'm cycling back through it. It should be a lot quicker this time, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, I need to find or order motor hardware. Um, There's a specific set of things I need uh, for a upcoming um, project, the content of which I do not know, Um, but it involves motors. So I need to either find what I have uh, somewhere, or if I can't find it, order it again. Uh, Doing the newsletter video tomorrow, And then on Thursday again, um, I'm hosting JP's Show and Tell. Last week was because um, I needed to get the experience. And uh, since there's already now three of them, um, I thought doing a fourth one would be a bit saturated. So I asked to host JP's. um, And then uh, he asked if I could do it again this week, because he's got a conflict. So last week was for me. This week is for him. I've exhausted my ringers so if you're interested in stopping by it's at 5 30 p.m eastern on thursday Uh, please come by and show something off um let me know ahead of time and i can get you the link um earlier so you can hop in and uh hopefully i will find some people uh and then possibly some miscellaneous on another list i have um but for the most part um I am tasked with finding my motor stuff and/or uh, pinging Lamore to find out what she wants next. So my next up is currently a mystery.
0: If you do want to look at more issues, we could always use your eyes on the core ones as well.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll see what I'll see what uh, happens with whether or not I can find the stuff or whether I have to order it. Cause if I have to order it. I'm a little bit in limbo for a couple days. Okay. Um, otherwise, I think she's she's got plans. So.
0: And uh, remind me about show and tell And I'll try to hop in
1: Okay right on we will do thanks mm-hmm.
0: Alright thanks Katni
1: mm-hmm.
0: Okay Going back down the list uh, TG Techie is not present Still has finals um, And says Last week uh, worked on the CircuitPython not dumb watch Stability and error handling The only in quotes issue left is to Stop the device from booting into safe mode Once the battery dies and is plugged back in might use the onboard ATtiny10 to reset on power up, but an all CircuitPython solution would, of course, be preferred. Performing a cost analysis for ordering multiples of the watch in small batches with PCB assembly. Looks like it might be, might be kind of reasonable if ordering 10 or more at a time. Uh, next week, online finals uh, finish, up, finish the poll for adding timeouts to Adafruit bus device, uh, and looking into FreeRTOS and Zephyr as a backbone for the watch much later uh, question mark so if you have thoughts on that reach out to dg Techie. all right next up we have notes from v923z who says uh, uh, added the interp method to microlab this was a circuit com- community suggestion again and thanks for it uh, as a reminder if folks who are coming from numpy have portions of NumPy you'd like to see in Microlab, please reach out to Zoltan. Uh, Definitely interested in adding those things. Um, Additionally, Zoltan implemented configurable printing of ND arrays and have been, and am still working on exciting new Microlab feature. Almost done, more on this next week. What a tease. Okay, and I'm gonna scroll up and scroll up here data and Anne are lurking, so we'll go to Brent.
3: Hello, um, good luck teaching Techie on your exams. Um, I actually finished my semester, and I'll be in the weekly meetings instead of listening to this during my walk on Tuesdays. Um, wrapping up Fona uh, and cellular work for CircuitPython, I'm going to probably have a guide for it. I haven't written it, probably be out later this week. I'm Uh, Last week, it's been working for a while, but I'm spending some extra time making sure that it's reliable. Cellular is a little bit different than even Wi-Fi in that it can drop out pretty frequently. And then establishing the connection really does take a lot of time. Um, So I've been working on increasing how reliably it connects and making sure that it doesn't disconnect while connecting and all these different things. Like, connecting in cellular is like, it could be a bunch of different things. And if you have a Phone at 808 lying around, um, I'd appreciate feedback. Right now, it's only working for the 808, which is a GSM 2G module, but um, I'm making it modular enough to make it work for the of 3G as well. And then after the meeting, I've been looking at how Pycom does their micro so uh, MicroPython networking stack. And I'm going to refactor this a little bit. Um, like I was saying, like connect on Like, what are you connecting to? Like, you can connect to the network. You can connect to um, the carrier. You can connect to, like, your sockets. So I'm spending a lot of time thinking about how I want to interface with this and how it will be simpler to interface with in the future. Mm -hmm. While retaining um, that, we can expand it to 3G and then 4G and NB-IoT and all that stuff. That's about it.
0: Okay, we should talk about that when you have have an idea because I want to think about that in terms of the Wi-Fi stuff that I'll do for s2 as well
3: hmm. okay sure
0: because I'd really I'd really like socket to actually be a strict subset of C Python socket so that we can test libraries built on top of it with native socket in Python
3: if you have an example of how you want that to be used uh, I'll definitely look at it for
0: yeah basically a different requests should work on native circuit Python or on okay. native C Python, like you should be able to handle it, hand it just like a socket implementation from C Python, and it should just
3: work. And yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Let me know when you're working on that, and I'll try to sync up.
0: Well, I think you're. I think you're going to do this refactoring before I get to it. So uh, yeah. When you have an idea of what you're thinking, let's just talk it over. Sure. Cool. That works. Thanks, Brent. All right, uh, Carter's looking. So we'll go to Charles. Okay, now is the mm-hmm. time. Yes. Yeah. So, what you working on?
4: I got my. Uh, I'm now working on implementing uh, aftertouch in the keyboard. I got. The, I got it basically functioning as an organ style keyboard, meaning no, uh, no, no velocity sensitivity. So I need the velocity sensitivity in it, and it's got a very curious way of doing it. The uh, keyboard I use, which is an is uh, is from an old Oxygen 8, uses a very curious way of implementing uh, to, uh, after uh, the uh, sent velocity sensitivity. You know, it has two switches, and it, it times it between. You know, the time between the two switches closing tells it how, how much velocity you have. And I, I may have to resort to going back to, uh, to, uh, Arduino to get that to work.
1: Hmm.
4: But right now I do have a work. I do have a keyboard that works like an organ, meaning you hit the key, it will sound a note. Hmm. And I just give it an an arbitrary, uh, Velocity at this point. Hmm. I think about half, you know, about 50 or 60. Right.
6: Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. Anyway, that's where I am. Cool. And by the way, uh, tomorrow is, is Cinco de Mayo. So ha- happy Cinco de Mayo to everybody. And then see, uh, see you next week.
0: Cool. Thanks, Charles. All right. Let's go to Dan.
5: Hmm. Okay, um, I'm finishing up packet buffer, the stuff that I was doing to try to do the Adafruit services. I had a bunch of issues with packet buffer. I think they're all straightened out. I just submitted the PR uh, a few minutes ago, and um, it now it says need to fix MIDI issues in the note. I'm going to change that because I think I fixed it. Um, We haven't been having we haven't had uh, download stats since we switched circuitpython.org from downloading from GitHub to downloading from Amazon S3. um, We now know how to do that. Um, Scott wrote a program to do it manually. And I've gotten the Adafruit web dev people to set me up on Adafruit AWS, probably use Adafruit Lambda to run a script once in a while to download the stats and process them. So I just have to write the code, which is mostly done already because Scott wrote it. I've looked at two, yet two more BLE uh, devices. One is a body weight scale, that is a bathroom scale, uh, which sends readings. And one is a blood pressure monitor. Um, The bathroom scale, none of these devices use the standard suggested services that the ble com- that the bluetooth committee came up with they have their own unfortunately so either we have to find some reverse engineered or find somebody who's already reverse engineered it um the blood pressure monitor i got um doesn't all it does is let you retrieve the history of the blood pressure measurements it's not real time so that's not so interesting and we'll probably just give up on that because i can't find a blood pressure meter that does real time taking blood pressure is kind of an involved process anyway it takes like a minute or so so i can understand why they're not bothering to do real time um so what to do is i'll finish the packet buffer work Um, uh one thing that we might want to do is uh in the lower power branch that scott did um Mm -hmm. It now runs background tests more often, and we'll try to see if we can cut that back down to make CircuitPython run faster. And I'll start looking at Bleak, as I've mentioned several weeks in a row, and I'll do the download count processing that I already talked about. OK.
0: Cool. Thanks, Dan. All right, Dave P is lurking, and Dave Glad is text only, so I'll read their notes. Uh, David says, using the commander as a mouse wiggling to simulate user activity and controlling a USB-powered disk alight from Bluetooth with a link there to the tweet about it. Jeff is on the case. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, next up, and and thank you to David as well, uh, we have notes from Foamy Guy who says, uh, this week, testing the RFM9x reliable datagram PR, testing the TFT gizmo used in conjunction with I2C-based sensors, created a very basic command line messaging system with the new RFM9x library updates, and outside CircuitPython, first time playing Terraria. Ooh, I like Terraria. I think I played that a few years ago. Um, Next up, I'm... If we're talking video games, I'm excited for Old World to come out tomorrow. That's going to be cool. Um, next week, uh, working on finishing up the Tile Game Guide, uh, testing compatibility with the PewPew Pew M4 in addition to the Pi Gamer and the Pi badge, and also adding rotation support in the APDS 9960 Gesture Sensor Library. All right. <laughs> we have Terraria folks in the audience. Um, I recommend playing video games with other people. It's, it's a great way to get some socializing in even when we're in different places. Okay, uh, we have text from Geek Guy, so I'll read that off. Geek Guy says, uh, This week, setting up my new Udo Bolt board up so I can run x86 software. It's arriving today. Learning how to build CircuitPython and getting back into working with my Jetson Nano to learn more about machine learning and deep learning. Ooh, there's lots to learn there. All right, next up we have Higher Effects.
6: Okay, so this past week, I've um, been working on uh, the proper, uh, book, a little bit of leftover documentation work. So I added a proper README to the STM32 port um, and uh, added a new uh, make flash option. Um, the STM32s don't have, don't usually ship with uh, UF2 bootloaders because their flash structure kind of makes makes it cramped uh, between the UF2 bootloader and uh, an internal file system. If you need to use one, um, so we don't tend to use those. Um, but they all come with a DFU, uh, a built-in bootloader that is always accessible. But uh, you have to remember the syntax for it, and now you don't because mm-hmm. I. Put the syntax in to make flash so makes it a little bit easier to flash new builds onto STM32 boards. Um, I added the OpenMV board to CircuitPython, which is a little bit of an anemic port because the OpenMV is a camera board for the STM32H7. Um, it is extremely powerful. It can uh, the the H7 is a very very beefy chip just by itself, and when you put it together with a camera, this is a microcontroller that can actually run machine learning, you know, deep neural networks on chip. It can you know do all sorts of different machine or uh, machine vision uh, algorithms. Like it's a really cool chip, and I added a port that doesn't support any of that <laughs> mm-hmm. yet. Uh, yet it just has it just has some pins. So it's kind of boring, uh, but hopefully uh, we will eventually get to do cool stuff like that in CircuitPython, which would be really rad. Um, I added Display.io to the H7, uh, which is a feature I just wanted to go back and revisit because, uh, again, the H7 is a really, really powerful chip. It's got two megabytes of built-in RAM. It's got a full megabyte or a a megabyte of of built-in RAM. It's got up to two megabytes of built-in flash, and it runs at 400 megahertz. So... It's fast, it's really big, and that's all great stuff for screens. So now with Display IO on the H7, you can add, you can use some of the really, really enormous screen based development boards, or you can rig up something like the new Toasty board um, and, uh, and have a really, really, really big screen size running at some potentially impressive frame rates. Um, but but I still need to go and actually double check on some. So.
0: That's, that's um, only for spy based screens, still, right, though?
6: That's that's true, that's true, yes. It's only for spy so far. So um uh it'd be I think I think think the the processor and we might wanna double check on some of the processor versus spy speed interactions and and see Mm -hmm. if there's any optimization we made. But uh in any case we got base support in. Uh, and then I also got started on the IMX PR. So uh we have just kinda get my feet wet in there thanks to um Arturo again for reviewing um, and uh, uh, yeah that's just simple starting out with some One Direction SPI, and then going right into this week I'll also be working on UIMX apex features uh, for the pins like resetting pins claiming pins these are all kinds of things little little quality of life and uh, module improvement features that I'll be putting in. Um, other stuff this week uh, working on the LED matrix code apparently Um I've already been thanked for it and everything, so I guess I better hop on. Um and uh if I get a toasty in for the H7, I may add that in, but I'm not sure when that's gonna be arriving in the mail because of the Rona. Um and then uh it's I'd still like to revisit the F7 real quick to get uh the tightly coupled memory support in just because that should shouldn't be very hard and uh I've been putting it off for a little too long. So um yeah, and then I guess personal stuff. I made a trip into Boston to grab a bunch of breakouts for the my upcoming IMX work. Uh, but I also grabbed one of my ePaper ones. So I'm going to be working a little bit more on my ePaper flashcards app for language learning and math. And uh, I will hopefully have some updates on that at some point this week. So yeah, that's it for me.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Hire Effect. All right, Jason P was lurking. And now we go to Jepler.
7: Hello. Uh, Last week, the main thing that I did was add support for the RGB matrix library, which I wrote in the notes proto-matter, which is wrong. Uh, The RGB matrix library for STM32F4xx, which basically means that STM32Feather. And Before I really consider that wrapped up, I just need to check that the NRF and the XAMD51 are still working properly and weren't adversely affected. There was some low-level changes that I made to type definitions. And it should all be fine, but you never know. And it, It's easy to get casts in C wrong. Uh, this week, and we'll talk about this down in the weeds, I'm working on a thing called WebLate uh, for making it easier for users to uh, contribute translations of CircuitPython. Uh, at some point soon, I'm going to pick up the SD card library in C, moving, moving that to C rather than having it in Python. We hope we'll get speed benefits from it. Um, I have some Microlab PRs that I've been requested to review, and I will get to those soon. And uh, maybe not this week, but soon I am going to get back to the MP3 player project that was all the rage back in January and February. And yeah, that's enough to keep me busy for a couple weeks right there.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. All right, next up we have Jerry.
8: There's that button. Mm -hmm. um let's see where i go so finally got the rfm9x stuff released nice to get that out of the way and hopefully someday soon work on the next generation uh didn't have a lot of circuit python time again this week i'm hoping that that will improve soon but um i have finally finished my woodshed put a picture up and um i can now i just gotta put the wood in it and um next week that's that's a good part of the project and hopefully get back to back to a bunch of circuit python stuff
0: awesome nice job on the woodshed there jerry
8: thanks exhausting but fun
0: oh, i bet <laughs> yeah i can't even imagine i don't have those skills
8: <laughs> i'm not <laughs> sure i do either
0: <laughs> you clearly do you just posted a picture of proof <laughs> all right uh thanks jerry king of north uh, we did Katney already. King or North and Matt Elms are lurking, so we'll go to Maker Melissa.
2: Hello. Let's see here. Ah, here we go. Uh, last week I finished adding the Rock Pi S to Blinka. I learned how to set up PWM output for that and got that uh, set up for that board. Uh, I created generic analog in and analog out classes for Blinka, although only the analog in has been tested. Um, I created an extended bus library to allow directly specifying an I2C bus number without breaking compatibility. Um, working, I worked on uh, the, an external BitBangIO I2C library. We already had the, the spy done. And uh, I closed a bunch of Blinka issues. Uh, this week, I'm going to finish that I2C library. And uh, I need to add a missing pack into function into the Blinka BLEIO. I'm going to start looking into adding Blinka support for the great fit one. And whatever else comes up.
0: Awesome. So, Thanks, Melissa. Yeah. I'm curious about the great fat one. That'll be cool. Yeah, well. All right. We've got notes from Mark here. I'll read those off. Mark says, last week, working on the virtual comport, port, nearly ready to get the PR reviewed, which I think is out of date because I saw a thing go by that says it is now ready. So I'll take a look at that this afternoon. Um, Joey is a person. <laughs> I can tell you later um uh worked on the esp32s2 issue linker issues investi- investigated last week and tested various things in circuit python to familiarse- my- familiarize myself with how it works improving my, my python knowledge uh next week uh finish the Z- vcp stuff and start on swdio which the goal is to flash a bootloader on one board from another that still works in case people have uh, haven't fixed it up, um, and then also, uh, lastly, looking into adding Open OCD slash GDB make file targets. So that's from Mark. Mister certainly is lurking. So we'll go to Summersoft.
9: Hello again. Hello. Uh, so for last week, um, as I previously mentioned. Um, With Pie I've I've been, as the uh, CI portion is coming back online, um, once I started being able to test um, building the the firmware triggered by a a pull request and then putting that firmware onto a a target board, um, obviously it it resets it into bootloader mode, um, and that's where I've been for the past two weeks because uh, it seems that Linux doesn't like our bootloader. Um, at times. So basically every time it would reset into bootloader mode, uh, it appears that the the enumeration is locking up Linux, um, well, certain Linux USB drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I've been for kind of two weeks on it, um, but that was pretty much all last week. Um, and in between all those um, iterations, uh, I took some time to kind of clean up some of the code, uh, mainly because I was researching if it was... Um, Either the code that I had written or some dependencies had had changed and been updated and APIs changed. Um, So through that, I just kind of kept cleaning up code and running Lintz and doing that. Um, So still no definitive answer, but I I pinged Dan last night, and I I think we may kind of start to work it out. Um, And then for Adabot, uh, last week I started implementing... um, Changes that Katni had requested to allow examples, um, example file names to have an underscore. Um, basically, it would break the, uh, the match against the repository name. Um, but we wanted it to be allowable because at times it actually makes it more read, uh, readable. Um, so I've got two approaches working to that. Um, they're both, they have slightly different uh, outcomes. So I'm going to. Submit those as a draft uh PR today and get everybody's uh feedback on that. Um and then so for this week is finishing up the uh example file uh stuff and then just keep pushing through on the um bootload lockups in Rosie Pie and then start working on um how to work out displaying a web page of test results since the uh GitHub's check page, at least when you're doing a, a GitHub app, um, is really limited. So
4: hmm.
9: you, you lose a lot of fidelity and you, you can't put logs or anything because it's all restricted to, to Markdown and it just, there's no way to make it user friendly. So I have to, you know, I store all that information, but I just have to start working on um, having a web page display of it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Eversoft. Alright, and lastly we have text notes from Stargirl, who says eagerly awaiting the assembled boards for Big Hog can button and solve from Macrofab, and also working on a featherwing that acts as a spy controlled USB host. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited about all of your host work, Stargirl. I'm hoping to get you sucked into circuit adding hosts to circuit python. All right. Um, lastly, we have our in the weeds section, which is uh, kind of a free for all on any questions and topics that we want to talk about. Um, and uh, if you have any topics that you would like to talk about, uh, please uh, make uh, make a bullet point under the in the weeds section, and we'll get to you. We have four currently, so. Uh, you have a bit of time to add something there if you have it. Otherwise, we're going to we'll go down this list right now. Um, I'm the first person on the in the weeds because I thought of it uh, in the last week, so I got there early. Uh, but I wanted to pitch the idea that um, we make it so that Circuit Python builds by default as not Circuit Python, meaning it doesn't actually tell you that it's Circuit Python in the text. Uh, it it will have an alternate name. Um, It's basically, uh, if you ever, if you followed Firefox's life for a while, they had, Debian had it as Ice Weasel. Um, I think that's what it was because uh, they were, um, they were rebuilding Firefox rather than distributing the version that, that the actual Firefox people were, were, um, were building themselves. And, uh, basically I want to do a similar thing for CircuitPython so that it, I am very picky and and protective of the Circuit Python label to mean that not only is it like master like committed into our branch version of um <laughs> of Circuit Python but also that uh like yeah like Circuit Python is more valuable than than the code itself like the the brand is is super valuable and like when we teach people that like oh you know like these libraries work with CircuitPython Python or these guides work with Circuit Python I want that to mean something, and uh, that will not be the case if people fork and still call their stuff MicroPy or Circuit Python. If you look at MicroPython, they've had a similar uh, ha- had a similar problem. Uh, yeah, that's primarily what I'm talking about. SummerSoft is that. Uh, maybe we make the flash file system not be Circuit pi, but that uh, is a separate question. Uh, but basically, by not having it be default, we we basically what I think would happen is we would have an environment variable that factors into the build where we set it for the CI, and then if it's unset, it defaults to something that's not called CircuitPython. Python. Um, basically, making it obvious that like something was built out of the tree. Basically, um, and that also means that you know if somebody forks and then they they want to build theirs as CircuitPython Python, they they are then also doing something deliberately kind of against the trademark stuff that we have for CircuitPython Python. So um, it will make it easier for forks and stuff to not call it Circuit Python uh, by default. So uh, I'd like to do that. Um, in order to do that, I think we should come up with a cool alternative name. Um, I said bonus points for Monty Python references as well. Uh, but here's a here's a here's a couple that we've got so far: uh, voltage eel, electric eel, electric snake, physical, eel, eeltronics, embedded eel, eels on a PCB, lumberjack, black mage. Jerry says shrubbery. <laughs> um,
5: You, I'm curious, like you don't want to call it Python, like.
0: Yeah, that's probably wise to not have the Python part. Either. Well, I just mean it is
5: Python, so I just
0: I, I I'm. Um, you think the alternate should be something Python? I, I I don't know
5: whether it should be or not. Yeah, but I I think. Like you could call it Flying Circus Python or something, but I'm also a little worried that. It might be confusing if 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 people are you saying like if if somebody forked it and built it, it would come up as voltage eel when they put it on their board. Right. I think that's gonna be really confusing. But I'm trying
6: to decide. This would this would also apply to this whole custom modules discussion where if somebody decided to import a custom module and build with that is that as soon as you import a custom user module uh, circa python is is no longer used as branding
0: right right yeah if you're building it yourself but then it would not be branded as yeah. i mean I, I
6: think i think it's important just to specify that that that's not necessarily just for forks cuz not every not every like system that uses a you know, Uh, a custom user module is is necessarily going to be considered by the fork by the the user. It it may just be like, oh, I can't just like, I guess, I mean, if we were doing it the MicroPython way, um, you can drag in a, in MicroPython, you can drag in a custom C module into the file system. And it begins to, and it it will auto load that, you know, this might not, like if if we did the, the MicroPython way or if we somehow made their implementation, don't even need to build right. uh, a, and, new, a new build. And so, it and, and in oh.
0: that case, I'm fine with calling that circuit Python. Okay. That's not currently the case, though. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and check. Yeah. <laughs> Super duper Python. It could be just like custom Python or something like that.
6: Wait, could we just do like not CircuitPython?
0: Uh, I I worry about everything like it being. I I think that might be too clever. People won't notice it. Definitely not CircuitPython, I swear.
5: (laughs) But I just mean like if I'm like if I do builds on my own, I do all the time. Then that's and if I give somebody a U of two, then that's unless I set the environment variable. Then, right. Even though I would say yes, I'm working on CircuitPython. Um, It's going to be not CircuitPython.
6: Right. Honestly, I would just be really explicit. I would recommend just being really explicit and basically just having a whole thing that just says this is a custom build and therefore is no longer under the CircuitPython umbrella or something like that. It's like this is, you know.
0: Just have a warning instead.
6: Yeah, like have like a full warning that just explains the whole situation where it's just like, you know, custom builds of. Custom builds with additions are no longer considered to be under the the CircuitPython umbrella and not uh, not have the same guarantee. I don't know if we like. I mean, I don't know what a good language is, but like something that's like a full warning. Like
0: I already added a thing to the README about this. My concern is that people there is a lot to benefit from calling something CircuitPython even if it's not released by us, and that concerns me. And that's going to become more and more true. Uh, would it
8: only apply to changes if someone's changed the code, or it just so if you if you do a clone of the repo and build it, would it come up with this new name instead? Yes. Okay. So so any anything that's not built officially at Adafruit would or at, you know would 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 have the new name.
0: Right. I I, okay. I would like it so that any it, it basically the build has to come from our
6: CI. I mean I think that I think that maybe just like like David G just posted in the chat like the kind of your whole thing in the readme about, you know, while well, we are happy to see CircuitPython Python and modified. Like I would just put that whole thing into the into the REPL message, like like just because I think the most important thing is to communicate to people who are unintentionally doing why Python is kind of a being a protected trademark, right? That it—that's to set a certain expectation. I think if, if it's sort of a friendly message that's telling, that's trying to explain the, the core concept of why Python is protected, um, you know, that's going to be the, the most friendly way to do it. So maybe
0: we do both. We don't call it CircuitPython and we have a like, hey, did you know this is our unofficial name?
6: Yeah, yeah, like an uno- Circuit shrubbery is the unofficial name for custom builds of Circuit Python. Then while we are happy to see Circuit Python and modified blah blah blah, like something like that.
0: Yeah.
4: So, do you mean So, you basically mean that if I go in and I actually change change the core code, then that would be considered a fork. That would be considered a fork? Right. Correct. Okay. That be, now, then what you're saying, Matt, now it makes sense to
0: me. I, one of the main things I'm concerned about with the fork is that it doesn't stay up to date. Right. Like mm. the moment that you're outside a master, you're no longer privy to our release schedule. And that's part of CircuitPython to me. Right. If, if somebody's reading a guide and it says you must use CircuitPython 5.3 or newer, like we can't make any promises about versions that are derived from, but not exactly in our repo.
6: I mean, I think that there's a lot of easily digestible reasons why, you know, this is a good idea that makes sense to people as soon as they hear about them. It's like, hey, we want to make sure that the tutorials work. We want to make sure that anyone using your code understands, you know, what libraries they're able to use. Like all of this stuff is like really, really understandable. Um, And I think if it could just be communicated, then Mm -hmm. this is going to be a lot less of a problem. I just think it's important for it to have like a warning so it's not mysterious why the names are changed. And so it doesn't just seem like a you know, kind of a corporate tactic. This is really like it's a user thing. It's like it, we're, we're trying to keep it easy for users. All right, yeah.
4: So also, also would, would this name also be temporarily applied to, to say somebody who is working on a port Port that has is incomplete that's you know so that if your test if if you hand somebody a, a port of the uh, a port that is not an official port yet right. but is going to be, then it's entitled to still use the name circuit like Python,
0: correct? No I mean like if I gave you a test build for the ESP32s2 that I did not have merged in yet, I wouldn't put the Circuit Python branding on it.
4: No, but I mean, the, I'm talking about, like, for example, the uh, the boot uh, the boot file and the uh, the boot uh, loader file and the uh, and the uh, main uh, file system name. You know, so, uh, for example, uh, the the Metro. Uh,
0: right. Yeah, I I think that's something worth thinking about. Um...
4: No, it can be. It can be. You can have like a temporary name that, if you see, if somebody sees it, sees it, they'll know immediately. Okay, this is a port in progress. Not, not enough. It's not yet official
0: port. I know that people. I don't th- I I I think we can we only need like we only need one other designation. I don't think we need a difference because if somebody has a fork of circuit python, they're going to have for a while. They're going to want to establish their own brand.
4: Yeah, okay. Um
0: That's so cool. so what I'm talking about here is kind of like a temporary default name just so that the defaults no longer circuit python.
4: Yeah, okay. That that way it avoids confusion. Right.
0: And then so the other way the other way to turn off this error arame- or this notice that that Sargirl is talking about would be set your own name for it, right?
6: Um, I mean, if you're your own whole legitimate fork, well, right? Be nice to have a for that,
0: right? And I know one so far. Like, I know somebody created IoT Python, which is a fork of of Circuit Python. Um, the other thing we could do is Circuit Python compatible. Like, that's totally fine. Okay, so I think what I'll do is I'll start an issue with th- all of this feedback from the chat and from the notes doc, and then we can continue there. It's not super high on my priority list, but I am very, uh, very protective of, of Circuit Python. So.
4: Well, you well you should be. <laughs> yeah. You're the you're you're the current benevolent dictator, so you're you should be taking care of your uh your baby
0: well i don't think i'm
4: you know what I mean. i'm no. i'm the leader but
0: i'm asking everyone here for their feedback so
4: absolutely
0: yeah um, i'm not just imposing it on you
4: no i didn't mean it that way
0: <laughs> all right it's
4: just you're the top of the heap you're what i was trying to say is you're the top of the heap. currently the top of the heap and you're at and I think your style of management, meaning basically the fact that you do ask, yeah, is a very important thing. Cool. Okay. Cool.
0: All right. On to the next new name, Python. Um. Okay. So I like all these ideas coming in, uh, and I will start an issue. That'll be the next thing that I that I do. Um. There are some details to work out about like what does sys return as in terms of implementation and stuff as well. Um, but I think in general, the, 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 the response is, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, but let's make sure that we make it clear what is happening and why it's happening to folks. So we'll, we'll make sure and do that. Okay. Um, next up, let's kick it over to Jeff.
7: Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've been working on setting up a service called WebLate, which uh, helps people contribute translations of software. And WebLate is this other open source piece of software and you can self-host it. And uh, I'm just trying to figure out what still needs to be done before we either launch this for real or soft launch it. And so I wanted to talk about that here in the chat. And I'm just gonna paste into the chat kind of my own to-do list to show where i'm at and um, i had intended to like have a little tour but i am not actually i didn't put that together to uh, try and screen share that with you Um, but basically it's a website you log in with your github account and then say that you know how to translate it into german you go to the german translation you get a message that's not translated yet you type in the password or you type in the password you type in a german translation and you hit a suggest button and then some github stuff happens uh, and it will turn into a pull request and then we can review and merge the pull request um, so basically the, i think this is all up and running uh, except everything is related to a personal DigitalOcean account of mine Everything is related to an authentication key for GitHub on my account. There's a Google translation that is mine. So I think the main things to do are transfer stuff so that is in control of Adafruit organization, Mm -hmm. uh, probably, and then uh, also to make it available under a CircuitPython name. Mm -hmm. Does anybody else want to have an opinion about that?
0: I think the first I I think that the authentication and the PR creation is something we could do like this week easily. The DNS okay. I don't know I think Lamore might only be the only person that has access to that, so that might be a okay. bit more difficult. Um, and then in terms of you paying for it, just bill Adafruit, like just mm-hmm. for for the start here, just pass it through to them.
7: Right, yeah. The cost the cost is reasonable, and I definitely will uh invoice them for it but yeah this is like on the order i don't think it'll be 35 dollars a month um yeah but yeah it's pretty low
0: yeah just whatever it ends up being just pass to them um all right so yeah i think i think those first two bullet points after soft launch we could do like we talked about doing having adafruit hans be the character
7: oh right i had forgotten that we'd picked a name and everything <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, because Hans is a Circuit Playground character with an accent. So we assume um, that he's bilingual. Yeah. <laughs>
7: <laughs> and um, Dan, if you're still here, you would raise some concerns in that PR about the metadata and creating merge conflicts.
5: I, I just, I, this was way before you were doing your stuff. And I just wanted, we see this problem where sometimes when we do a merge it only changed, the only changes are in PO revision date. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, can we just drop that? So I just tried to drop it and it worked. I took it out of the POT template and I didn't know whether the tools would put it back or not. Then you passed me that, a pointer to that issue where the people who were doing this got very upset that somebody would do that Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think kind That's of unnecessarily, summary. unnecessarily so, but I, I, yeah. um, because it is redundant. Like, if you use any source control system, like we don't put, I know. we don't put modified dates in any other file. Okay, so it was just kind of like, like it, it, but you're not going to get them to change their mind. So, right, I it, I don't care that much. It just was. It just was to reduce reduce the merge churn, and yeah, that was all. It was just.
7: I wonder yeah. whether. Sorry. Um, yeah. I wonder whether another thing that Hans could do is create pull requests from Make Translate. So say that uh, that Make Translate was done on a schedule, created a, a pull request, then we wouldn't even necessarily check it. In the build, so we wouldn't get builds rejected because you needed to make translate. Is that reasonable?
5: Um, I think what happens, I don't think that you get I don't think this problem is because you get builds rejected. I think what happens is you do a make translate and some of the files are identical except for PO revision date.
7: Yeah, and certainly if you make check translate and everything is fine. And then commit it. I'm just yeah, wondering. Yeah. Uh, where- I don't think I don't think
5: that I don't think you need that mechanic that you were talking about that mechanism that you were talking about.
7: Um, well, it, it would be nice if developers who add a string. Maybe I'm wrong about this. If developers who add a string did not have to go through the make translate step themselves, if that could happen automatically as well.
5: Um, well, I think it would be. If the translations are somewhere else than other in the tr- the, other than in the tree, but if they still have to be checked into Adafruit Circuit Python, if they still have to be a PR against Adafruit Circuit Python. Yeah, if, that, if those PRs are done automatically, that's fine. But I don't want to have to wait for this robot to do
6: something.
9: Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, I was going to okay. say, your idea, you'd have to basically drop the change, like, check for, the, for each PR and then schedule it outside mm. you know whatever nightly or whatever and then it's going to have to submit a pr with
7: those changes yeah i, I think that's kind of, of what i was, was suggesting and maybe that's strictly yeah. worse than what we have now
5: right i think it's fine just the current make translate yeah sometimes you forget um it, maybe each person maybe. who's submitting a pr before you submit a pr you you should run make. You should run check, translate, but you already do stuff like, that's just something that we need to remember to do. Like we already say like, Oh, I made this change. I should probably build it on a few things that might get affected or something, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because we often use the PRs uh, because we don't want to bother to build a bunch of stuff locally. So we expect failures. So this is another example of that. So that's all. But yeah, what I was doing was not that important. It just was happened to be coincident in time with what you were doing.
7: OK. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that case, I think we effectively can soft launch this thing. So mm-hmm. um, I had one person who'd reached out to me in a direct message. And I will get back with them. And I will also put the link here if you want to log in and kick the tires. Um, totally appropriate to. Um, Private message me or talk about it here on the Circuit Python channel, and I hope that we can, uh, you know, increase the level of translation of Circuit Python by having this service.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, are you? I missed. Uh, I was doing something else. Did you also discuss? I mean, you can discuss with the Adafruit Web Dev people about whether they want to move it mm-hmm. off of DigitalOcean because we have we have a a large Amount. We have a number of VPSs that we run for other purposes, and they may suggest a cheaper way to do that or something. Right, so, yeah.
7: This is just what I default to. Um, and yeah, I don't know anything about what Adafruit prefers. All so why don't you, I would, I would suggest WS.
5: sending an email to the, I'll tell you the email address to send to.
7: Okay, that would be privately
5: great. So that you can, you can consult with those people and just see if they have an idea about what the best way to run this would be.
0: Okay. Uh, two other things I would comment about just translations in general. One, I think I am kicking around this idea of replacing make with uh, the Python plus Ninja stuff that I experimented with. It's not going to happen anytime soon, but potentially one thing we could do is like add a rule that generates, like, regenerates the PO and POT file automatically, like as a as part of the build system it's a little weird Mm -hmm. to have your outputs back in the in the build source or in the source i know um but it is something we could automate and then the other thing we could think about doing sooner is actually putting a uh make merge translate target that automatically basically the way i merge is i check out the like mainline version of the files and then just rerun make translate (laughs)
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a couple of tricks you can use like that, especially when you know that the the translations themselves are not updated, right? Or you know, like you haven't been translating into German, then right? Yeah, you can just discard the one side changes or rerun Make Translate or any of those things. And yeah, documenting that would be good. And I should mention I have a work in progress branch somewhere that is going to at least be a short document introducing here is the WebLate service. Here's how you uh, contribute your changes. So um, that is that will go in as a pull request soon. Um, yeah. And so I will get in contact with Adafruit's web dev people, and then we'll figure the rest of this stuff out.
0: All right. Awesome. I'm
7: excited. Yeah. I'm so excited.
0: Good. Thanks for putting that up. It's a cool tool. Um... All right, Jeff, let's move on to your second one.
7: My second one, yeah. Um, We're fully in the weeds here. We are. We've been talking about uh, wanting to highlight the open source hardware, uh, especially now that Adafruit is doing this work to certify. And I just wondered, on the CircuitPython Order website, like on the downloads page, can we put a logo? Can we put a search, put it as like one of those checkboxes, search for open source certified hardware, uh, just as a way of highlighting that?
0: Yeah, I think it's a neat idea. And I'd love to hear from Melissa about it because she does. Wait,
6: this would would highlight boards that we support that are open source certified.
0: Yeah, I think it would basically be like another designation on each board of like, oh, here's the like certification number. And therefore we get a link and a logo.
6: Cool. What does the the certification actually like do again?
0: (laughs) It makes sure that you have like publicly documented schematics and stuff.
6: It's basically like like uh, vetted open sourceness.
0: Correct. I mean, the reason they yeah. did, so the background, okay. the reason the Open Hardware Summit started moving to that is what they were finding with the original Gear logo is that one, the Gear logo was kind of a shared trademark, and they didn't have a lot of access over it. And so they came up with a new trademark that the Open Source Hardware Association could actually defend. And then they they made cr- criteria for it. the The issue was is that. People were putting the, the gear logo even if their stuff wasn't actually open source, right? Like it that they weren't actually posting schematics and things for. Um, and so, by but the hardware association couldn't enforce the incorrect use of the gear logo because the gear logo is burdened with all the stuff. So now they have a new logo that they can also in, enforce.
7: So, so this would hypothetically, oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Uh, what what did you say you wanted to hear from me? From I had walked away for a second, mm-hmm. so I
7: only caught the tail end of that. Uh, we're talking, we're talking. Uh, so go ahead. Uh, I was asking how can we highlight the open source hardware certified boards on CircuitPython.org, like on the downloads page. And I wondered whether we could show a logo like overlaid on the ones that have that, and whether we could have a search, like have it be one of the features that you could search for. So, you'd go and you'd turn on oh, features okay. uh, for certified. And obviously, that's separate from getting the metadata up to date, which would um, be a fair bit of work to do 200 plus boards or 100 plus boards anyway.
2: We could add it in as like a feature for the boards and then it automatically it would populate under
7: searchable. Yeah, and so I mean, then. Uh, I was going to say,
9: there seems, I think there's two ways to do it one you could put it in the the individual boards template file or you could put it into the json data but that all comes from the circuit python side does that sound right melissa uh yeah i
2: would probably just do it in the uh, individual boards though. Okay.
7: just because so if If somebody puts a line under features, does that put it into that list of checkboxes? Yes, it does. Okay, and that's why you have to keep a lid on the number of features that are. That's exactly right,
2: because it had gotten to like 60 different features before.
7: Yeah, I think this one is big enough that it's worth having. I mean, there's going to be how many CircuitPython boards are certified now? It's dozens at least, right?
2: I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I think we're over fifty. I'm tra- I'm trying to <laughs> figure out this search, but it's not not that obvious to me. Like if I search for Adafruit, I get two hundred sixty one projects.
7: hmm On the open source hardware yeah, certification site,
0: their database. So it would be nice if we're gonna take the time for the boards. We should actually. Make sure we include the the unique ID for the for the certification too, because then we can link back to the certification mm. database with it. If we right.
2: want to link
4: back, then yeah, that would probably be a completely yeah. new feature,
0: right? Which is what I like showed here.
4: Remember that. Uh, remember that uh, the uh, 261 board, uh thing certified includes. Uh, things like feather wings and other things that are not really relevant to, uh, yeah.
0: directly relevant. Right, right. Yeah, I think we would just bolster the, the big boards page on, on circuitpython.org to just highlight the ones that are certified. Because I know, yeah. like, for example, Radimir Deshipu always certifies his stuff as well.
2: Right, so I, a, I think we should still keep it under the boards so that as we add new boards, we don't have to like edit two different files and stuff.
4: Right. Yeah, you put it as a uh, Put it as another piece of metadata on, on a on a given board. Right. And exactly. As you put it up, you you uh, you ask the question of whoever the board belongs to. Are you uh, are you certified? And if they say yeah. If they say yes, they'll give you an, a certification number and then you connect to the you could connect it to the data to, to
0: the database right okay so i think the next step is either melissa or jeff make a an issue on uh circuitpython.org repo
7: yes sure i i wonder is this something we can tap dylan for to do the oh yeah with the one I th- by I think one so.
0: yeah i think i think yeah. just getting them all in i think dylan would be a good person for that
2: yeah, he could at least add the metadata, and then we could add the code that displays it later.
0: Right, and we should also consider um, just double checking all the other boards as well, so that we don't just mark all of the Adafruit ones. But like, take two seconds and just Google or like search within the the Oshawa database for the other boards as well.
4: Well, if if the if the boards each board that's certified has a unique ID. So make that ID part the thing that says this is – make that piece, of, uh, that piece of data as the uh, – put that in the metadata slot for right. for Oshawa. And then that, will, uh, that, will, that won't be an issue because if, if they're not oh, – there won't be anything in that slot if, unless it is actually certified. And right. you can verify that that certification is legitimate by using whatever they submit. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just suggesting that when we go back and add it for all the boards that are already on Circumpantha.org, let's do a quick glance to see if, like, other boards that are not from Adafruit are also already open source hardware certified.
4: Yeah. Okay, I get it. I, I see what you mean. Too. So that way we pick up all everything, everything
0: including that which it, Right.
4: Which is not Adafruit. Right. Okay.
0: So it wouldn't just give us a head start.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, okay. I we're, we're getting real long here. So I just want to, uh, the last topic is for Mark. And Mark has been text only, uh, but just suggests here. Actually, let me take a time code. Uh, Mark suggests the issue of is not implemented and will always fail is likely just a cryptic way of saying the library is not included. Um, yeah, that's what Stack Overflow Found for me as well And uh, I was using NM To dump all of the linker symbols And I thought I was linking in the thing that Supposedly provided it And then Jeff also pointed out to me earlier That the linker Script itself says that it provides That symbol too, so I just That, yeah, that's what I found And I thought that I was satisfying that um, But I will keep looking Keep looking into it tomorrow or or later today, depending on how fast email and stuff goes. Okay. Um, Jeff said, Did I try trace symbol? No, but I didn't know what that is, and I will add that as a note for myself. That is cool. I'm learning more about linkers, which is great. Um, Okay, I'm going to wrap this up because we're. an hour and 45 minutes in. Yeah, Mark, you'll hear from me if I can't figure it out. Thanks for your, all, all of your help, for sure. Okay, this has been the CircuitPython Weekly for May 4th, 2020. Thank you to everyone uh, for joining this meeting and, and those of you who stuck through Till the end, it was definitely uh, an in the weeds day, but that's what it's for. And really, thank you uh, for all the feedback on the naming stuff as well. Uh, I think that'll, you know, allow us to grow even further as a community without like muddying the waters as people build on top of CircuitPython. Um, this meeting is has been recorded, so beware of that. Uh, if there's something that happened that you don't think should be posted, please let me know immediately because I'll, I'll post it soon after um the it gets posted to the adafruit youtube which is youtube.com adafruit and then automatically pushed from there to a bunch of podcast services as audio only so you can check that out if you want to just kind of subscribe and, and listen in as it goes uh, if you don't want to listen to the whole hour and 45 minutes well if you're hearing this you already did uh, but in for future reference you can check out uh in the description for the video there's a link to the notes doc which has time codes so you can skip around to the stuff that you think is most interesting. Um, those also get posted to a re- repository, which is github.com slash adafruit slash adafruit dash circuit by Python dash weekly dash meeting, if I remember right. That has all the notes from the meetings since 2017, and it includes links to the videos for those as well. Um, so check that out. And I believe that we're on our regularly scheduled Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Adafruit Discord uh, next week. And if you want to join the Discord before then, uh, check out adafru.it slash discord, which is the URL. And uh, the notes doc for next week should go up um, shortly today as well. And Jeff just says, uh, "Heads up! In about three weeks, we do have a deviation from Mondays. So check the calendar. The calendar is also available from the repo that I just pointed out as well. And I will dump that in the in the chat for our folks if you want to add it."
4: Yeah, Memorial Day is the uh, next deviation.
0: Yeah, cool. Okay. And with that, let's call it a day. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next
9: week.
4: Okay. See you, Tanu. Bye, everybody.